Welcome back to Don't Look Now <laughs> with Jenny McDonald and Will Hegeman talking about whatever random topic we're going to talk about because that's what we do. We just shift around and talk about what's fun for us. That's right. Especially what's fun for Jenny because Jenny is our research guru. So Jenny, what are we going to be talking about? Uh, have you ever seen Star Wars? Yes. Yes, I have. Do you have Shockingly strong enough. Okay, I haven't. I, oh my God. <laughs> I Look. And I will say this as a, a stater right now. I'm sorry to everyone who loves it and is about to be offended. I'm not interested. So that's all fine. I, I'm, I'm not really personally, you know, invested in Star Wars. Oh. I just enjoy it. Or at least I enjoyed it as a kid. I kind of right. have been generally left somewhat heartbroken by the prequels and newer <laughs> stuff. But, you know, it's all, it's all fine. They're movies. They're okay. But, right. you know. Nothing has recaptured my youth, mostly because it was my youth, and that's why it was cool. Right. And I understand that, but... Actually, I might have a reason why it hasn't been recaptured. Yeah? Yeah. Cool. We're going to find out. All right. You are. So, I don't know if you know this, um, a lot of stories have the same, like, cycle, if you will. Mm -hmm. They have the same storyline arc for a reason. Um, And there's a very specific pattern that they fall. And this has been studied by many, many people... But a particular anthropologist named Joseph Campbell is notorious for coming up uh, with... The monomyth. The monomyth. All right. The hero's journey. <laughs> yep. Man, Will oh, gets me every time, you no, guys. I've Damn. Got, it's I've always got, a surprise, and he always knows. I've got friends that are, that are English faculty that... Uh, they love this. Well, they'll... Well, they actually hate this, but oh, they yeah. will. They will. They will love this. The fact that this is a, a topic, and uh, they, they know who they are as soon as they, they hear this <laughs> podcast. So, uh, <laughs> look, I look at who our listeners are, and I develop things. Hey, it's good. Yeah, you know. All right, the monomyth. The monomyth. Yeah. So the reason why Joseph Campbell is the most closely associated to this is because he's a kind of like the most famous during the seventies person. He had a, he was on TV talking about this. He wrote books on this. There's a channel on Spotify that you can listen to him talking, and actually, mm-hmm. it's really interesting. Okay. But he does sound like a uh, cartoon character, and I keep trying <laughs> to figure out which one he is. Oh, nice! I'll have to check it out. Uh, it's like the it's the the guy from uh, Alice in Wonderland, the cartoon version. Is it? Oh, I mean, well, the Mad Hatter or the yeah. the, the Rabbit or who? Are we? I think it's the Mad Hatter. The Mad Hatter, nice. He's a, he has a crazy voice. As soon as you hear it, you'll know exactly what I mean. Proper professorly thing to be the the Mad Hatter. I think I could. You could do that. I, I could do that. I, I could. I could feel accomplished if people generally related me to the Mad Hatter. Yeah. Well, he's interesting to listen to. So the the running joke about Joseph Campbell was that you could start to tell him a story, no matter what culture, what time, what part of the world it was from, yeah. and he could finish you the story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because all stories kind of follow the same pattern. Yep. So here is the pattern. It starts out in kind of an ordinary existence. Okay. So if you think about Hercules. When Hercules starts, he's a boy in a normal world, and he's mm-hmm. just living his normal, everyday human life, right? Yep. And he's totally oblivious of anything that's going to happen. He's in his safe place. So if we look totally at the Disney version of Hercules, he's yep. coming to market with his little cart, doing his thing, right? And it's his everyday life where we kind of learn things about him. So as he's doing around the cart, his dad and the horse are sitting in the cart because he's got super strength, which just seems weird to everybody else. But it's just like, it's whatever. And he's happy-go-lucky. And he's just a great person. 
this is what anchors this person mm-hmm. for us, right? So he's just like you. He's like anybody. And we empathize with him because he he's Will. He's yeah. Jen. He's whoever. Yeah. So then comes the call to adventure. And this is when his story really begins. Yep. So we've kind of got to meet him in his normal life. And now all of a sudden something happens. And there's a direct threat to either his safety, his family, or his way of life. Mm-hmm. And so he has to figure it out. And he has to figure out what his action is. So yeah. this is when his plight begins. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be it, something dramatic like a war. It doesn't have to be a takeover. It could be a phone call. could be a bunch of dwarves knocking on his door followed by a gray wizard just saying. It, yeah. could, it could very much be that if you're reading The Hobbit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, whatever it is, it disrupts his normal life and it puts him into this quest mode. So if you think about like any adventure movie, it's time yep. to start your journey, right? Yep. And usually they refuse to answer the call. Yeah. They're like, Oh no, I can't do this. I'm not really up to this. I'm kind of, this is me on the daily. I can't handle this. I've got some serious imposter syndrome. I can't take that step. Um, I don't want to leave home because mom makes the best noodles ever. If I go to the road, I'm not going to have that. This <laughs> seems weird, mm-hmm. which makes you like the hero more because yeah. you're like, this is me. Yeah. I mean, I, I wouldn't do that stuff. What are you talking about? Right. Yeah, yeah. right? So at this point in the story, mm-hmm. your hero is going to be meeting a mentor. So back to the Hercules yep. movie, that's yeah. when he meets the little... Time to meet Phil. That's when yeah. he meets Phil. I was going to call him Danny DeVito. Yes, yes. That's, it works. It works. That's who voices him, yes. right? Yeah. So yeah, that's when he meets Phil. It's satyr version of Danny DeVito. <laughs> that's right. And this is basically somebody who gives you what you need. Mm-hmm. So I Star Wars, I'm going to go with Yoda. I have no fucking clue. But it's it's somebody of great importance who will give you insight yep. into your dilemma and tell you you're the only one that can do this because you were brought here for this you were born for this yep, yep. you know, build up that ego man and for star wars fans it's obi-wan just, just is it just, shit? Just a, you know it's all good it's okay you've already said you didn't watch it you're good, <laughs> you're good. <laughs> i have no idea <laughs> so then Luke, the, use the force, Luke. Yes. Yeah, I thought yeah. that was... I don't have a fucking yeah, Yoda clue. shows up later. He's, he's the, basically the, the second movie's version of that, that character. You gotta, gotcha. Because you, know, you got to reboot it all again, basically. And <laughs> you have a, reboot. Well, it's the know. same story. You have yeah, to. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Because... If it's going to follow a general storyline, you still have to basically <laughs> be called to further adventure and have another person yep. help you out again, further your further adventure. So There we go. All right. So now that the heroes met his mentor... He has to crush that threshold. He has to get out of his ordinary life and go on his adventure. He either is willing and does the thing, or he is pushed. Mm-hmm. But either way, he leaves the world that he's familiar with and goes to the unfamiliar. So, like, an example of being pushed into an unfamiliar world is Dorothy from The Wizard of Oz. There you go. That's a definite unfamiliar world. <laughs> and she was definitely pushed into that. <laughs> <laughs> Some might say blown. Yeah, uh, Exactly. So this is the point, however, that the threshold's like presented, that the, you have to commit to this journey ahead of you. Mm-hmm. So Dorothy had to decide when the little munchkins started talking to her, do I take that first step onto the yellow brick road or do I go on the red brick road? Because there were two. <laughs> and she chose yellow and she went with it. There you go. Right. Okay. So now that we're out of our comfort zone, we're not anywhere where we thought we would be. We are adventuring. We're on our adventure. 
were confronted with a series of difficult challenges. So those were actual like the 12... Yeah, the labors of Hercules. 12 labors of Hercules. Thank you. Those were the words. And there's all sorts of obstacles that are thrown into your path. So like when Mulan went and joined the uh, Chinese army, she had to learn how to train with the guys. And yeah, weird stuff. Yeah. Hey, I'm trying to throw in all the Disney references as possible. I know Disney. (laughs) Hey, there's no shame in that at all. Um, so there has to be a bunch of physical hurdles or people bent on thwarting their progress. So like in Wizard of Oz, the Wicked Witch was always doing stuff to kind of try to stump, yep. stop them. You know, the the poppies in the field, the trees that threw apples at them, that kind of thing. That's not a moon. That's another, yeah, yeah, okay. Star Wars again, isn't it? I just gotta, gotta make references. Just That's also uh, in Twister. <laughs> <laughs> That's my movie. Oh, oh, man. I miss Bill Paxson. Yeah. <laughs> I know. That so sucks. All that, right. That movie, man's the best. Um, so he can earn allies, and he'll also meet some enemies. Um, and each of these people that he comes into contact with prepare him for the final battle, like the thing that comes ahead, the whatever. Mm-hmm. And... At this point, he's being tested every time he comes into contact with new people, every time something new is thrown at him, and he's gaining more and more insight into who he is. And ultimately, as the viewer, as the reader, as the listener, you're identifying more and more with this person because you're growing with them. Yeah. That's part of the build of the story. Yep. So the next thing is is that it's called the approach to the inmost cave. And it can represent a lot of things. It could be an actual location. It could be the conflict. It could be all sorts of stuff. But as he approaches it, he has to make the final preparations. So, like, a lot of times they'll show in a movie the night before it's they're sitting around Training fire. montage time. Right. Or, you know, something. Yeah. yeah you get mystical like, experience You've had something. all the training montage. And yep. then it's like that cool down period where yep. they have the deep heart to hearts the okay. night before. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I think that's what we're talking about here is that yep. deep Got to build the tension. Yeah, building the tension where you're like, I don't know if I can do this. One last time, I'm confronting those fears. Mm-hmm. I'm full of doubt. This may not be great. And then, like, they have that conversation with their buddy, and they're like, you can do this. Remember that time you fought that snake? Remember that time that witch yeah. threw a snapple at you? Yeah, yeah. You got this, bro. And you're like, yes, I got this. <laughs> and then, like, this little bit helps build up that tension, though, because you're like, oh, my God, the climax is coming. This is getting intense. Yeah. Okay, so then comes the ordeal. And it could be a deep inner crisis, or it could be a really dangerous physical test. It could be anything. But the gist of it is is that they have to survive. They have to get to the next thing. They need to face that foe, and they have to use all of the skills that they've gathered so far to do this, right? Yep. And they say that only through some form of death can the hero be reborn. Hmm. So there's some sort of metaphorical resurrection that happens during this that helps them get. So usually like they're knocked down, they're down for the count, they're about to be killed, and all of a sudden they fling back up. And this is the point because everybody's like, oh my god, we thought he was dead. Yep. Yeah. So they come running back, and he's either going to die or he's going to, you know, like Mm -hmm. make it. So like... In the Wonder Woman movie. <laughs> no, yes, exactly. Just, yeah. You know, it's, it's how it's got to go. Right. Yep. Yep. Okay. So then comes the reward. They defeat the enemy. Mm-hmm. Because they have to do that, right? Yep. And by surviving death and overcoming this challenge, they're now transformed, the hero, into a new state. And he's emerging from this battle 
in this new form. So, like, in a lot of superhero movies, that's when, like, the music gets really dramatic. There's light from behind them, and they come out, and they're, mm-hmm. like, all confident walk and everything. Dun, 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 right? Dun, right. Dun, I, dun, I don't know right. what's happening yeah, here. Right. It's all good. Yeah. <laughs> Superman. All right. Is it, I haven't seen Superman. Yeah, I it's the old original that. Superman. you got to... Mm. Yeah, good stuff from the 80s, or late 70s, I guess. But, yeah. 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 They always seem very, like, into it, right? Yep. So... Um, part of the reward is that they either obtain an object, mm-hmm. a secret, some sort of insight, or even reconcile with their family or loved ones. Which, yep, that yep. sounds about every story you've ever heard, right? Yep. Often, the treasures will facilitate their return to the ordinary world. So, like, Dorothy realizes that her shoes, she's gained that insight, they're now magical and can take her home. Yep. Um, so, the hero has to put all of his celebrations aside and then, like, prepare to go home. Which always seems like a downer in all the movies that you watch, where yeah. they're like, "You've just won. Now what?" Well, I'm going home. No. Oh, well, we were gonna celebrate. Like hiking back from Mordor. All can right. Can we at least eat good. some pie? Come yeah. on. Okay. So, the problem is, is that their journey's not really over yet. They need to be pushed back into the real world because mm-hmm. a lot of times it's hard to transition from adventure back to normalcy so it kind of is a reverse echo of that original call they have to have you know when they went it was because yep. everybody was in danger but mm-hmm. now they're they're gonna go because they're gonna get all these accolades yeah basically so it's kind of like eh, time to go back Woohoo! <laughs> so it's right at that moment when they think they've won that really the most dangerous encounter comes across okay so you think you've defeated the final battle boss or whatever the hell we're talking about because i've lost all my metaphors guys but you think you've gotten there you think you're ready to overcome the final battle when really part of the final battle is like your own existence and having Mm -hmm. reached all this and everything you've left behind and getting Mm -hmm. to that next stage it's more of a mental thing yep um so often at this point, the hero realizes if he doesn't do this action, if he doesn't take the next step, if he doesn't step up to become king, others will suffer. So he can't necessarily go right back to that yeah. ordinary life. Mm-hmm. He has to take his place in the realm. Otherwise, you know, yeah. bad shit happens. So ultimately, the hero is going to succeed. He will destroy his enemies and he will merge. And then at this final stage, when he finally returns home, he's not the same person he was when he left, which I love that phrase because most people change as they go through yeah. intense experiences, right? Yep. Um, so he's learned all this stuff, and he now has this final reward is what they call it, right? Yep. So it can be literal, it can be metaphoric, and it's a cause for celebration. Um the return also signals the end of the resolution for other key players. So, like, his mentor is going to go back to the mm. forest and get super drunk. I don't... Something. Or, or be dead. No, or sense. be dead. Yeah. Mentors usually get themselves killed. That's kind of one, of one of the driving early factors is you got to... Right. The mentor's got to spur you on and then die tragically. So then you, you have to, you know... Right. Avenge them in some way. So... Well, and all of the people that originally were, like, making fun of the scrawny kid yep. that was Hercules, they're yep. now like, oh... Yep. He's Hercules. It's different. So that that all has to change. Yep. Okay. So um, I'm sure that you know this. You have friends that are English teachers, which I think is great because they use this as a literary device. Um, in archaeology, people like to fight. Mm-hmm. So they use this as a realm to fight from. Basically, <laughs> <laughs> the big argument for the anthropology side of this mm-hmm. is that 
half of the fun of myths. Yeah. When you take it and you turn it into a formula, mm-hmm. you're losing the fun of the myth, which is learning yeah. about the culture that it's coming from. Yeah. Who cares if it follows this story arc? Yeah. I want to know the cultural context that it comes yeah, yeah. from. So that's the biggest thing. So the other problem with it is, is that this is a male hero story. Uh-huh. It does not tell the female story. And there's a lot of books that do do that. Um, Jane Austen yeah. does the female arc yeah, of yeah. The, the hero. But it's different because it's Regency-era drama and it's not the same. Yeah, but that would be fascinating to see what that is because that is a story arc I'm not as familiar with because you just don't see it in Hollywood movies anywhere near you as don't. much. Because, you know. And uh, I think Bronte was also another one that... They have a, some female arcs, but yeah. most of these are Regency-era dramas, so it's mm-hmm. very understated. The women yeah. are still... That doesn't pass the Bechdel test a lot of times, yeah, yeah. so it's it's hard, although Austen does. Um, yeah. yeah, and I got into Jane Austen in grad school and oh, read through Austen. all my Jane Austen novels and got hooked, so... Jane Austen is excellent. Yeah, I was I was amazed by how sucked in I got after I... You know, because I'd, you know, I'd always... I'd seen Pride and Prejudice at some point, so I read right. Pride and Prejudice, and then I'm like, oh, I'm going to actually read all the Austen novels, and... It was well worth it. If anybody's out there and wants to do something worthwhile, you know, read some Jane Austen. It's good stuff. They're quick so. reads, too. Yeah, I yeah. mean, truly. And they're fascinating. I love how sassy they are. <laughs> That's a, I enjoy that. I don't know why. I It happens every time. But I somehow just forget that people prior to our own generation were, you know, sarcastic and snarky. It's, <laughs> it's so great of, to see. Out of time and place. It's just right? like, yay, people are people. It's all good. I like these people. Okay. Yeah. And you catty. Know. And, oh, yeah. You know. Yeah. But, but, yeah, you know, it was good stuff. Yeah. Jane Austen. I love it. Uh, I can't talk enough about that, actually. <laughs> um so here's the other thing. Um, the the interesting part about the monomyth is just that common narrative. So to me, the thing that's interesting is it crosses cultures once again. Mm-hmm. So we've talked about other things that cross cultures. This is fascinating because yeah. stories have the same arc. It doesn't matter where you're coming from. Yeah. At some point, we have this collective conscience where we've decided how the stories are going to go yep yeah no this is this ties all back into the glorious you know near-death experience with, you know, <laughs> i don't know, know all, that... yeah i mean do all these come about just you know is it just basic fundamental human wiring that you know we all experience things in generally the same way overall and therefore certain right story arcs appeal to us because it's got to go up and then back down and then back up and then back down and you got to propel it forward with this thing and hold it back with that thing and you know if you tell the story effectively it's always going to end up basically following somewhat of the same pattern just because we like the pattern even if the story differs you know it's 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 right it's interesting but it is interesting and it's it's fascinating that to think did we evolve to do this independently or is this come from a common source that yep, yeah, then you know, it's that, spread from? Yep, that gets back into, you know, same thing of, yeah, you know, is it because we're all wired the same or there is something fundamental, you know, yeah. you get the people that want to say there was a story once upon a time that everything else is a derivative right. of and it all goes back to the original story. I, I tend to fall more into the, yeah, you know, just human beings are wired for social interaction in certain ways and we like, you know can only pay attention to intense stuff for so long because intense feelings only matter for a certain amount of time and then you burn out so you can you gotta ramp it up and then pull it back and then ramp it back up and pull it back and there's got to be a certain pattern to it and it's you know well it's interesting too because actually if you look at this this is how a lot of people's lives work too yeah i mean so that's part of the pattern that it's following too is just a typical life yep 
you just pick the interesting stuff. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there was that time that the old wizard came to me and my life changed completely. And that's, you know, for another time, I guess. I'm but, pretty yeah. sure he's talking about one of the engineering professors. Yeah, probably. Probably. <laughs> Some Dr. Aged, aged physicist that came across, <laughs> came across my path and turned me to the dark side. But whatever, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Dr. Rish pulled me out of the dark and into the light, so now I'm an engineer. There you go. There he you was go. the mentor. There, there you go. There you go. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I knew it. I knew yep. it. Yeah. <laughs> Been redeemed. Yeah, that's it. Redeemed? Is that where we're going to go? That's where we're going to go. It's probably the other way around. So I, I, engineering's a dark art, really. It's, it is. It's uh, dark sorry. magic. Yeah, I've, I've fallen from the light, actually, but, you know. I pretend that I haven't from time to time, but yeah, you know. <laughs> Considering that you were studying optico, opto, yeah, which I associate with light and lasers. Yep, yep. That's pretty funny. Yes. There's, <laughs> there's irony throughout that statement. <laughs> All right, so let's go down our rabbit hole. Campbell used the hero's journey to describe the original Star Wars trilogy during an interview with Bill Moyers called um, The Power of Myth. Mm-hmm. It was aired on TV in the 90s, right? Yep. George Lucas later admitted he wrote Star Wars based on... Yeah, Hidden Fortress. Yep. And he said he wanted to make sure that his stories were embedded with this whole myth. Yeah. And he and Joseph Campbell became friends later in life. Nice. And hung out on the ranch. I don't even know what this means, but they hung out on a ranch together. Hey, that's what... It actually reminds me of a suggestion we had, because it's the Skywalker Ranch. Oh, it's, Which throws me yeah. off because every time I hear Skywalker Ranch, I get it confused in my mind with the Skinwalker Ranch, which is a far more creepy place. Actually, I think that was what it was supposed so, to so, be. Yeah, so, I need know. to put that on my list, actually. So, I'm so, so good stuff. But, uh, but yeah, that's an, another thing. Like uh, there, there was a story series that I loved as a kid that uh, was the, the David Eddings books. And and it stands the the standard like there's a boy and he's special but he doesn't know it and then yeah. he finds out he's special on this journey and da 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 da. But you know I got I got sucked into it pretty good. But I read a, an interview with the author and it was pretty much yeah we just intentionally basically pulled straight out you know here's the mono myth and we just pulled references from every kind of cultural touchstone we could to you know make it like crack so the people that read this thing just <laughs> couldn't set it down and it works you it- know does work people wouldn't keep doing this if it didn't yeah because you know people like it that's right i like it i like you know it's always fun when there's a hero you can identify with like yeah it's just like me and i could be cool too maybe i'm secretly cool and i don't know it and now i'm 40 and i know that i I, i'm not cool (laughs) it's too late my 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 hero's journey ain't gonna happen man man i don't know i think we're on a hero's journey i think we're good this could be it yeah it's the podcast that's what i've been called to yeah. After all these decades. That's right. Engineering. <laughs> <laughs> Energy. Engineering's more of a sideline anyway. You know, I kind of backed into engineering. Yeah. 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 yeah I'm like a pseudo engineer, but I have no true engineering passion. I just kind of am there. So, you math. You know, you're fine. It's all good. So the National Air and Space Museum actually has a exhibit. Well, it did during the 1990s. About how the monomyth influenced Star Wars. Nice. Which I thought was funny because, like, to me, that's... I guess they put it there because Star Wars is about space. Yeah, I mean, if you want, you know, aviation, space, whatever. They just know that they're attracting nerds to the Air and Space Museum. and they know They know their crowd. (laughs) Yeah, they do. Everybody just knows it. It's all good. So, one of those... um, I said that Charlotte Bronte um, illustrates... Uh, the hero's journey from mm-hmm. the female perspective. Yeah. 
Hers is in Jane Eyre, where she okay. does it. So I don't know. Have you ever read Jane Eyre? I have not. I've never read any of the Bronte stuff, actually. So <sighs> that one that is I am missing. gorgeous. Cool. It's absolutely one of the most beautiful stories. And it's all about this woman who rises above the lot that she was drawn. Mm-hmm. And like she keeps growing, and she knows how to be resilient. And she stands up for herself in a time when she really should not have been able to. Mm-hmm. And she is a au pair, goes to work at a really expensive, beautiful estate. And the guy that owns the estate falls in love with her and it's like, we should get married. And she's like, no. Nah. And runs away. Yep. And then he comes to ruin and she goes back because she's decided that she really did love him. It's, yeah. There's a lot that yeah, I'm not laying on there, yeah, but, that, but it's, it's amazing. Definitely, yeah, it, it's got the same overall Pride and Prejudice feel to some extent. If you got it, really does. Only it's darker because in Pride and Prejudice, yeah, it's yeah. a family, and yeah, part yeah. of like the the theme of Pride and Prejudice was the strong, resilient family, these strong, resilient women. Yep. This is more like my family were terrible human beings. Yeah. They did the worst thing possible to me, but I, through all my trials and tribulations, then I pushed. Yeah. And pushed. Yep. Yeah. It's not there, but I mean, Pride and Prejudice definitely has you know. The mom and the youngest sister and all the <laughs> all the all the drama going on there that you know. I love the mom. Everybody just kind of glosses over when they're talking about the story, but that's pretty. You know, it's 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 keeping it real for something. At least in my mind, that age, I'm always kind Man. of surprised that they they break all that out. It's like, hey, I you know. love the mom in that because she's. So my mom. My mom this week was like, don't you want a baby? And I'm like, what the hell are we in the 1740s? Calm uh, down. Hey, no, I, I got to, this just seems like a good place to talk about it. One of my all-time favorite musical things my dad hooked me on back when I was probably in high school is the uh, Box Coffee Cantata, which I've, I've played little snippets of it to my students, but it's great because it's this little short musical, you know, drama that is centers around basically there's this dad who's all upset because his young daughter, Leeschen, keeps drinking coffee. And it's just not respectable that this girl just keeps drinking coffee all the time. Good and for he, her. And he's like, man, you know, if you stop drinking coffee, I'll buy you some pretty things and stuff. And she's like, screw that. You know, I'm drinking coffee. Mm-hmm. And he's like, okay, well, you know, I'm going to lock you up and I'm never going to let you do anything. And she's like, well, as long as I drink coffee, I don't care, whatever. I'll just stay at home. I love this girl already. And then he's finally like, well, I'll get you a man if, like, you know... You give up the coffee, I'll find you a husband, I'll I'll let you get married. And then she's like, okay, yeah, yeah, husband sounds good, we'll do that. And then Zoe, you know, makes her eligible and starts looking for a husband, and then you basically find out that on the side, she's put it out that basically she's only going to marry someone if they will agree to sign a prenup that says she can drink all the damn coffee she wants anytime (laughs) she wants, and that is the one stipulation. So she's going to get her man and drink all her coffee that she wants and then the whole thing ends with this nice little trio that's all about how like you know young girls like their coffee but so did their grandmas and just like cats are never going to give up their mice women are never going to give up their coffee so you know i agree yeah and it's it's pretty glorious especially considering it's from like 1740 or something like that so it's it's pretty obvious awesome that there's this girl that's like no. Saying, yep, nope, I, I don't give a crap what you want, and I'm going to throw my prenup out there so that, you know, I'm going to get what I what I, I need out of, of my marriage. I uh, love this girl it was, it was so pretty, much. It's pretty sweet, so I I love that musical. It's it's, it's awesome. The so. dad just didn't think stop buying coffee? Because then yeah. he'd have to give up the coffee. No, probably, yeah. But, right. you know, but um, she's probably hanging out at coffee bars. Do what I say, not as I do. Evil coffee shops in Germany that, you know, Man. loose women frequented. I literally drove over the bridge on my way here, and I was like, should I stop and get coffee? Because <laughs> I have not found decent coffee since I left Manhattan. I keep trying. 
Um, There's a lot of good coffee here, man. I, I yeah. I always hit the Redinas. I made the big mistake the other night of going over to uh, Public Hall and just asking the barista, "Hey, what do you recommend?" Yes. And she gave me this coffee that you know had God Magic knows in what it. in it. It Crack. tasted fantastic. She's like, "Oh, it's late. I'll give it to you half calf." I'm like, "Okay, sounds good." Found out half calf was basically a double. It would have been a you know quad shot coffee oh that probably would have murdered me had I not. But even then, I, I had this at like ten at night, so. Man, I'll tell you what. It was like, so much for sleep tonight. All right. right. Yeah, so I just was up till four. Every time I go in a coffee shop, I'm like, what's the thing you recommend? And I always end up with, like, just crap. glory. (laughs) But I walked in, so when I moved, when I started working uh, in Lawrence, I decided I was going to find a new coffee shop. So I walked into a place, because it's only a couple blocks from work, just right off the way. They do not have drive-thru coffee, which, whatever, that's fine. So I walk in, and I'm like, hi, I'd like a cup of, you know, I would like a latte. Let's Mm -hmm. just go there. And I looked around, and the place is, like, super clean, which I have yeah. a problem with. Yeah. <laughs> There's no one in there. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, I'm feeling antsy. And while the guy's making my drink, I look down, and I realize, okay, I'm in a vegan place. That's not a problem. Mm-hmm. I actually don't mind. I will drink the soy latte that you give me, friend. Yeah, it's all good. So I start walking around, looking at the different art on the walls, and I look at my watch. It's like 7.10 when I get there. At 7.30, I walk back to the front. There's still nobody else in there. (laughs) He's still making my damn latte. And he finally hands it to me, and it's a to-go cup. (laughs) And I'm just standing there looking at him because he's done very intricate latte art on it. And he hands me a lid, and I immediately slam it on the top like, are you kidding me? (laughs) I'm not even going to appreciate your latte art because I'm trying to get to work. So I get in the car, take a sip. It's already cold. And the thing that reveals a good slash bad coffee shop, yeah. it was gritty. Nice. And I was like, you know what? This is why I can't find good coffee. It needs to be a little bit dirty. It yeah. needs to be a little bit dark. And it needs to be packed. If yeah. it's not those things, it's not good coffee. Yeah. No, I understand. Because it needs to be dirty enough that you know that they're too busy to stop and clean yeah, up the coffee you know. they spilled. Yeah. And I mean, for me, it all depends on the cuisine in terms of what, what should be clean or not. Like, you can't go into a barbecue joint that's clean. That would be... No. Horrifying. Like, yeah. you know, walk into some barbecue restaurant and have it be sparkling. You'd you be like, this place here. sucks. I'm out of here. You yeah, because you want the caked on smoke yeah, exactly. that flavors you know, everything. Yeah, exactly. You can't. Yes. Like, this is sterile. I can't have barbecue in a sterile place. This but is. if I go into a sandwich shop, it better yeah, be yeah, the most yeah, sterile exactly. damn place I've ever been. You know, if I'm walking in there building my sandwich, I want a bunch of nice, clean metal tables that look like they're shining <laughs> that they're preparing exactly. my meat on, you know. Yes. Yeah, you know, I, I, I get it. So, yeah. Yeah, no. Manhattan's got good coffee. I mean, between all the various places in town, I, yeah, I find myself well over caffeinated. any of them, though. Yeah, pretty much. You know, I've got, I got the places I like, but everywhere, everywhere's good. It's There's good. one place that I found in Lawrence, and I don't yeah. like to go there because I have to pay a meter. Yeah. I mean, I would just, you know, I would assume Lawrence should have some good coffee. I mean, they it seems probably like, do. It seems like the sort of place that would pride themselves on good coffee, which probably means they have shitty coffee. They do. Um, but also, it's a pain <laughs> in the ass to get anywhere that yeah. does have yeah, coffee. Yeah, that's true. So yeah. I'm, I'm still struggling. I'm still looking. Send me recommendations. Yeah. I mean, you wouldn't think the ag school would have great coffee, but for whatever reason, there's just some kick-ass coffee around Manhattan. So go yeah. figure. Well, actually, I would because there's a lot of food science that happens oh, yes, in Manhattan. Yes. So. I'm, I'm saying from the... The East Coast perspective, let us oh, say, yeah. you know. No, yeah. Yeah, and then damn ag people don't know how to make coffee. They blah, do know blah, how to blah, make blah, coffee. Blah, 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 blah. Whatever. I miss you, Manhattan. <laughs> yeah, it's good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So now after I've had my coffee tangent, 
Sorry. <laughs> you always have to go on a coffee tangent. That's, that's I do. Also, totally worth it. It's not just coffee. Like, I like chais occasionally. Yeah. I cannot get a good one there. All it is is pure sugar from some little container that they pour into a cup and then heat up and hand yeah. it to me. I can go to Dylan's and get a Bolt House Farms. I nice. don't need that. Yeah. I got introduced to the chai. See, I, I generally hate tea overall, oh, but I, like I actually I actually found it acceptable, which is, is yeah. high praise for me for anything that's not coffee. tea related. Because God, I hate tea overall, but but that was okay. So you do not do well in London, do you? I would be fi- I'm fine in London. I just have to pay like five million dollars for my soda that no one else drinks, kind of thing. You know, <laughs> that's what was fun. I remember going to Slovenia, and it was like you know. It's where I was highly handicapped by the fact that I didn't really drink much because, like, alcohol was, like, half the price of, like, Mm non-alcoholic beverages. I mean, beer and wine was just freaking dirt cheap. Yeah, it's basically water there. Yeah, exactly. And I was like, I would like a Diet Coke, which costs $10 as opposed to a, you know, unlimited wine for nothing. You know, I was like, okay. I I like wine. This would be fantastic. (laughs) Slovenia was great. I need to go back. Yeah. That was a glorious experience. I would go back to Slovenia in a heartbeat. But, you know. Yeah. Good people. That's good. <laughs> so what the heck were we talking about again? <laughs> uh, we had our monomyth. We talked about our female version of the monomyth. But, yes. But uh, We talked about Star Wars a lot. Yeah. So do we have specific differences between female overall hero arc and male overall hero arc? Truly, I think you would need a literary person for that because I have not read many books that pass the Bechdel test, mm-hmm. which would be what I assume you would have to build this off of. Um, which is pretty sad because that wasn't really something that people thought about. Yeah. Um, most of the ones I read growing up that were female-centric were little house books. And now yeah. they have their own set of problems because uh-huh. everybody's like, well, it's racist. And I'm like, no, it's, it was a product of its time. Yeah, yeah. So like, you kind of have to be careful because that's the, the thing that you run into most commonly with books from a female perspective. Yeah. Is everyone tries to discount them because they are a product of their time. Yeah. And then they don't have the kind of story story arcs necessarily yeah so it's not very well studied because there just isn't a damn lot of research yeah no i'm gonna find it fascinating i'd love to know that because you know i because that's what i found interesting was i was surprised by just how much i liked all the jane austen novels you know i'm not i'm not someone that i i you know i i like my stupid star wars movies and stuff like that so i you know i yeah but no i i love the jane austen novels they were fantastic i loved all the characters were great you know it was just it was fun. I enjoyed so, it. So several of my wonderful, beautiful friends, Kat, and I love to watch uh, Pride and Prejudice. Mm-hmm. We used to do it once a year. Um, and I actually have found a whole surrounding of <laughs> things revolving around Jane Austen. Yeah. So there's um, a little mini series called Lost in Austen that was based in Britain about a woman who finds a portal to Jane Austen's time in her bathroom <laughs> and she goes back and she takes the place of Lizzie Bennet. Yeah. And Lizzie Bennet goes to the other girl's oh, time. That's hilarious. Yeah, and it's it's brilliant. That it's, sounds good. It's I mean, I'll have such to check. a mess. You gotta check that out then. The other one is called Austin Land mm-hmm. and it's the girl Carrie Russell with the curly hair. Yeah. She goes she's obsessed with um, Jane Austen and with Pride and Prejudice. And she goes to a Jane Austen experience um, where they replicate Regency era England, yeah, and um, Jennifer Coolidge is there. So like she, <laughs> Carrie Russell's character is there as like the poorest person possible. Like she uh-huh. can barely scrape the money to get there. So she's got like one dress. They do her hair one time. She's just yeah, kind yeah. of the lowest of the low. And then Jennifer Coolidge's character is super rich, and she's getting the best of the best of the best. Yeah, 
And then they have this whole, like, story arc for each of the people. So it's kind of like a murder mystery built into, like, this, like, experience weekend. It's fantastic, and you should totally watch it. <laughs> Long yeah. story short, watch it. Nice. Because, yeah, I love being in Bath. One of the cool things there was, you know, a lot of the Austin yeah. stories are centered around Bath at some level. Right. And uh, so it's cool being there, and you can see the pump house that they're always talking about. Right. And there is the Jane Austen Museum there in town. That we couldn't go. It was, like basically closing as we were going by and we didn't have time but yeah we walked by the outside and basically like mr bennett was hanging out outside talking that's to people so cool was, i love reenactment cool. stuff i know it's super corny but i love it like my dream is to go to a civil war reenactment don't care how like terrible it is i just <laughs> i want to go for the terribleness like okay. i want to be a heckler in the crowd with my box of wine <laughs> with cheese that i can throw at people and I want to yell things that are inappropriate to the time period like cell phones nice. you know, yeah. something yeah, yeah. I'm basically a terrible person to have in your audience. That's what we're Nice. I'll keep that in mind in case I ever create my one-man show or something. Well, it's either I cry Don't invite Jane. So, like, when we went to go see My Favorite Murder, I was crying through 80% of it because I was so happy. And then, like, other things, I'll sit there and I'm like, snide comment. (laughs) (laughs) These bitches. And then, like, I don't even know what I'm doing. It's, It's just usually commentary to myself, but... Yeah, no, that's cool. I'm not a good audience member to have. <laughs> no, I sit there quietly and watch my show. And... Yeah, yeah, no, I'm, I don't I'm boring. Do that. I sit there with my hands in my lap and I'm quietly attentive. But yeah, you know, it's probably good we didn't sit next to each other because I would have made faces at you a lot like yeah. this. Hmm. Uh, it would have been fun. Yeah, yeah. Instead, I just had the people that thought I was weird as the rando guy sitting by myself in the middle of. <laughs> My favorite murder crowd. Yeah. Which is all women. Why is this dude here by himself? He must be a pervert. And yeah, it's great because I-, I met people um, that were sitting next to me. One of them lives in Manhattan mm-hmm. and works at the uh, middle school that your daughter goes to. Very cool. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. No. I- yep. No. That, that was definitely. Small world. <laughs> yay. Good stuff. That was fun. Good deal. All right, so is that that will yep that wraps well us wrapped up. up today. All right, cool deal. Well, thank you everybody. I'll, I'll let Jenny do the closing spiel this time because I suck at it. So Hi you know, <laughs> um, if you could rate, review, and subscribe, that'd be great for us because the more that you, I don't know the spiel guys at all, but we're on Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, um, Pocket Casts, and we love Hollow State Audio because they give us our intro music. Email us at don't look now don't look now 19 19 at yes. gmail.com i yep. set it up and can't remember it yep now we're good don't look now 19 anyhow um also we're on facebook so join us uh tell your friends about us we like you guys thank you for all your suggestions and yeah. i'm working my way through them slowly because i have a list of about 5000 things but yeah i've got skinwalkers and then a couple of other things that are out there somewhere and they're going to happen i am paying attention so yeah. very thanks, cool guys. all right catch y'all later bye, bye.